What's up, you guys? I am Micah Folsom, and you're listening to the Do Your Crap Podcast. I was overwhelmed, uninspired, and unfulfilled, and I knew there had to be a different way to do life. Turns out, there totally is. And I found my calling in helping people learn and do the unsexy habits that build a legendary life. Each and every week, I'm going to help you bust through the crap that's holding you back and break down the simple habits and mindset shifts that will help you rock every aspect of your life. Are you ready to do the things that most people won't so that you can live the life that most people can't? Here we go. Welcome back to the Do Your Crap Podcast. This is your host, Micah Folsom, and we have a guest on with us today, Sharon Brubaker, who is a grief specialist. And you might be thinking, okay, well, great. I don't want to dig into this. This sounds like a messy topic, but this is a conversation that isn't brought up enough. And grief doesn't always just have to do with death or loss. Lots of like, there's tons of different types of losses. And interestingly enough, entrepreneurs actually navigate all sorts of these things on your journey towards building a business and releasing things and grieving certain things. And this was such an interesting conversation. So stick around. It is going to be well worth it. She is, was really brought into this path after her own experience, losing her 10 year old nephew, he drowned and she was lost and heartbroken. She was lucky enough to find an educational program on grief and was inspired to become a grief specialist. So that is how it all came to be. I'll let her share her story and dig into more of this, but you guys, this is a really powerful conversation. One that every single one of us will benefit from having a better awareness around a deeper understanding on how to navigate this because grief is inevitable in every single one of our lives in some capacity. So let's turn it over to our conversation with Sharon. All right, Sharon, I am so excited to have you on the show. Welcome. How exciting. I love doing this. I, this is so uh, my favorite uh, conversation is grief and a broken heart. And isn't that interesting, right? We were just chatting before this and I'm like, this will be a little bit opposite of what my listeners are expecting, but this is going to be so good. I'm so excited. So Sharon, before we dig into all of the good stuff, tell us more about who you are. How did you get into this field? How did you, I mean, I mean, there's not many grief specialists. So what landed you here? (laughs) So unfortunately for me, it was tragedy. Um, I was a real estate agent. So I've been an entrepreneur my whole life. So I was a real estate agent. I was sitting in a real estate open house and my 17 year old daughter calls me. She screams into the phone that she lost Austin. Austin was my 10 year old nephew. He was everything quirky and weird and that a dirty little 10 year old boy is right. And they had gone away for Father's Day weekend. My brother and my brother-in-law decided they were going to start a tradition and take all the kids away for Father's Day. And unfortunately, um, Austin drowned on that weekend and it changed our lives forever. I didn't know anything about grief, but I knew that I could figure this out. And so I set out on a path to find out everything I could about grief. Not for me. I was really trying to help my sister. Yeah. Negating my grief completely, resisting my grief and really trying to help her. 
we found some amazing programs, we trained, and it was such a relief. We decided we have to help other people. And so she and I both trained and we became grief specialists. Adding to that story, 10 years after Austin died, her 21-year-old son was killed in a motorcycle accident. And so for the second time, I had to make a conversation call to her and tell her. But that grief showed up totally different than the first grief. And so we've learned so much about grief. So we've been a total of 17 years walking uh, women through the process of grieving. Okay. First and foremost, I'm so sorry that that is what had to, I mean, that's your reality and that's heartbreaking. What a admirable just, and strength that through all of the pain you found purpose and you're, you've been able to help so many people through this. I love that. What, what we talked about a little bit earlier is the fact that everybody experiences grief, everybody in some capacity in life will have to navigate this. And yet it's something that is not taught. It's not shared. It's not like how, like, what's the right way to go through it? How long does it take? Like there's no black and white situation. Right. So how, like, just as we dig into this, what would you say to someone who is like, okay, but I want to numb it. I don't want to feel it. I just want to get through it. What, what would you say to that type of person that's trying to handle it in that way? So let me start with this, the definition of grief. Grief is normal and it's natural. We were given this process to help us through. So whatever your belief is, if it's God, if it's Buddha, if it's the universe, they gave us this system for our heart to go through the process. That's number one. The second thing is there are 45 or more known losses that a person can experience over a lifetime that will cause a pain of brokenness in our heart, right? So it's normal and it's natural and it's a loss. Even from a very young age, I have a memory of being sent to preschool with the next door neighbor lady who I didn't know and feeling like I had been abandoned. It was, it's a simple story, but that was my first experience with grief and loss. If we start looking in our lives, we all experience multiple grieving experiences throughout our life. Breakup of a romantic relationship, divorce, leaving your job, leaving all your friends and family behind because you moved away, having financial changes, filing bankruptcy. So there's multiple, right? And so we, we learned processes to get through them. And one of the number one way we learn is to avoid. Mm. Okay, that feels bad. I'm not going to go that way. Let me go this way. But all the while that pain is still there. It doesn't go away. I love that. I've never, I, I've never thought about when I think grief, I think death, I think divorce, I think <laughs> like those big things, you know, but I love that. You're like, no, you, you change careers. You lose, like, there's so many, what are, let's, let's go over some of those other 45 that probably I'm not even aware of. And I would be willing to bet our, our <laughs> listeners aren't either. So let's so as soon as I start saying, as soon as I start saying them, you're going to be like, yes. Okay. I know. So selling, selling your house, right? Oh, yeah. Divorce, breakup of a romantic relationship, having your fur baby die, your little mm-hmm. puppy die. Okay, I have Being a child, that. right? Being a child and having your bike stolen, oh. having, um, losing something special, losing a special gift. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, my mother gave me a special barrette that she had from her mom and I lost it. Abortion, adoption, 
having someone in your family go to jail, right? Adoption. You wouldn't think adoption. You're like, I'm bringing this baby and this is great. But what about the brothers and sisters now having to learn to accept that, right? And there's layers to the grief. So um, even just in our, in our career, we have grieving experiences, being bullied at work, being bullied at school, uh, making the decision to leave this career where I'm at the top level to become an entrepreneur, mm, right? That's a big one. Oh my gosh. Okay. And as you're saying these, I'm like, oh yeah. Okay. I've walked through that. I've experienced that. Yeah. So th this is so interesting. And even like, I've got five kids. And one thing that I specifically remember was a couple days before I had my second baby, I would just ball every night. And it makes me emotional just thinking about it. I would ball every night being like, how can I love this next child as much as I love this one? And how am I going to have room in my heart to still love number one as much, like when I have to take care of number two, but I've never like looked at that as grief or like figuring out like that loss of the first child and the only child, and then like stepping into multiple. So this is like, like, this is like totally opening up my mind around like, oh my gosh, we have, we really do experience so many different circumstances where we need to be aware of these things and like normalize it and talk about it and know how to deal with it. A hundred percent. What did you call that experience when you were experiencing it? I mean, I don't even know that I called it anything. I was just like, I'm yeah. sad, like guilt, like, yeah. like that type of like, I feel guilty for bringing in another when I still have a little bait. Like she was just two. I'm like, she still needs me. How can I do it? So it was like, I, I would probably title that as like, I was having that sense of like guilt of like having enough. Am I able, am I able to give both of them exactly what they need? You know? Exactly. Exactly. And so to me, that's a change. Yeah. A change in your familiar pattern of behavior. Anytime a familiar pattern changes, it can cause a grieving experience. That doesn't mean everybody has that. Right. I have two daughters. I didn't cry when I was bringing the second one. I just wanted it out. So I was just like, get this out. I don't care what you do. So change in a familiar pattern of behavior can cause a grieving experience. And the grief is all of the emotions that hit our heart, right? Mm. So for example, I can only imagine you felt sad, scared, lonely. You feel sad for your other baby that was there, not even knowing what was going to happen to her. Mm -hmm. So all of those emotions, when they hit, is grief. It's a grieving experience. That's so interesting. So let's talk about the grieving experience. What, like when you're in it, Let's talk anything, loss of a job, loss of a child, loss of a spouse, any type of grief. What are there like specific steps that can help navigate? Are there like, what are some things that we need to be aware of? Okay. You're going to be smacked in the face with some of these things. And here's kind of some helpful things to get through those. So um, I don't know if you're familiar with the five stages. Have you ever heard of the five stages? I Elizabeth think I've Kukaras. heard of them, but we can yeah. rehash them for sure. So I don't believe in them. I don't buy in them. And okay. so I just want to put that out. Five stages was written by Elizabeth Kubler-Ross. I've actually done a TEDx on this. She actually put them out for the dying person. This is what okay. your body is going to go through and the experience you're having. Unfortunately, a psychiatrist grabbed those stages, shortened them, and attached them to grief and did a huge mm. disservice to us as in the grieving process. So number one, grief is unique and individual. 
It's unique and individual to you. You gave birth to a second child and had a feeling of sadness in your heart. I gave birth to a second child, didn't have that. I had other experiences, right? So it's unique and individual to you. Never compare your loss to someone else's because you don't know what they're feeling like. We can say something like, I can't imagine what it was like for you feeling those nights of fearfulness. I remember when I was pregnant with my second daughter, and then you can share your story. So don't try to compare. The other thing is the number one thing that most grievers will do will be something like what we did. You will resist it Mm because it doesn't feel good. You'll avoid it. I'm going to avoid it and go eat this cupcake. I'm going to avoid it and go have this glass of wine, right? Or we react to it. Reacting can come out and crying, yelling, screaming, isolating, being quiet, not sharing about it, not talking about it. So it's going to come out in one of those three ways. Do you find that talking about it, sharing about it, is that a like that? I To me, that seems like a healing process. Like to me, getting it out, vocalizing it, talking with someone about it, journaling. I feel like that is a beautiful way to work through those emotions and let them out instead of just hunkering in and like trapping them. Is that, is that true? Or am I making that up? (laughs) You're totally, that's totally true. Okay. 100% true, but we need to add on to it. So yes, I love this question. So what, that's why all the grief support groups are around. When Austin died, I'm walking up the stairs to tell Erica that we had found him. And I realize I say this thought in my head, I've never done grief before. I don't know how to do this. That was the thought that I had in my head. Oh, but I know that there's these bereavement groups that take place at the hospital. So grievers need to talk. The number one thing they need to do is talk. The second thing that needs to happen is that they need to be listened to and heard with respect. So if you were sharing the experience with your baby girl, it was the second one was a girl, right? Boy. A boy with your, with, with your little boy. If you were sharing that experience with me, it's just about me listening and hearing you without trying to correct you or change anything that's happened. That's, that's the second thing. Journaling is great. I love journaling. Even part of our program, we have some journaling in that. Uh, talking, journaling, but you have to complete your relationship. So you'll hear this a lot in the news. I, I say, feel like they say it in the news a lot. When you get closure, you will feel better when you get closure. But what the heck is even closure? It made me yeah. so mad when I started hearing closure. I felt like, okay, I got to close the door and I, and then never think about him again. Yeah, That's not true. You complete your relationship. You complete. I completed my relationship with Austin. I was here the day he was born. I was at the hospital. I helped my sister with breastfeeding. I babysat him all the time. My daughter who called me that day, she was babysitting him. There's all of these things that he and I did just together. And when he was taken from me way too soon, I needed to complete, come full circle in my relationship with him. So So what did that look like? Like That looks like a review. It looks like a review. Looking at the relationship, Look at all the things I still needed to tell him that I never got a chance to say, Mm. how much I loved him, how important he was to me. Um, Looking at all the things that you still need to tell someone that may pass on that can be hard, the harsh things, or just the straight out bawling about it. So whatever that is, it's a guided process through it. Okay. I love that. I love that. 
So let's then talk about, um, I know you talked about like entrepreneurs oftentimes navigate grief as they're maybe leaving one career or splitting. Like what are, what are some of those things that will come up? We have a listener base that are full of entrepreneurs and I'm sure most of them are not aware that this is a part of the process and this is something that they're going to come up against. So I think just helping them understand this and maybe learn to expect some of these things will be really, really powerful for them. So I'm going to speak just for me as an entrepreneur, not meeting my numbers, mm. right? Not meeting my numbers in a month, um, not having my program completed so I can get it out and sell it. Taking a quick time out from the show to make sure that you know that right now I am filling my next month spot in my virtual gym. This is my space where I get to coach my clients, where I get to help you get aligned with simple workouts and solutions to your fitness and your nutrition and your mindset and supplements and everything that I love and have used personally for the past eight and a half years and will literally use for the rest of my life because of how quick and efficient and simple they make healthy living. This is where I help you get aligned with these solutions. And then I support you and coach you and mentor you on your journey. So if you are ready to get on a direct path to reach all of your health goals while fully living your life, yes, you can still continue to have um, your favorite treats and your favorite things. And we'll teach you how to incorporate those. And it's not deprivation or anything like that. Like I want you to enjoy the process. So we'll make sure you figure out how to do that. If you're ready to take out the overwhelm and the complexity when it comes to creating healthy habits for your family, not just for you, but really involving your family as well. And if you want to align yourself with a community of incredible women to lock arms with and journey with alongside throughout every season of life, then the virtual gym is where you want to be. So Go to micafolsomfit.com slash get fit to learn all about it, fill out the goal form so that I can learn more about you and we can make sure that you get aligned with exactly the right game plan to get you started. I can't wait to chat. Let me tell you this, navigating through social media and posting (laughs) and them changing the algorithm every day is a grieving experience. Oh my gosh. Right. So uh, the worry and fear of whether you're going to have the money to pay the bills next month is a grieving experience. Being successful, absolutely making it, making that, having that $100,000 month, that $200,000 month, things change in your life is a grieving experience. Good things can cause grief to us, right? Mm -hmm. Writing that book, landing that perfect interview. trying to promote the podcast and not really getting it to where it needs to be. All of those things are grieving experiences that can happen in our heart. That's number one. Number two, what about the grief we bring to the business? What about the brokenness that's just been hanging around and we never took care of it and we bring it to the business. And every time someone says these key words reminds me of my husband that I left 20 years ago, just makes me mad and you sulk in it all day. Yeah. So those things are really powerful. And I even think too, like, just as you're talking, things that are coming up, like thinking about, I feel like lots of times entrepreneurs are almost stepping into the next level of like themselves. I feel like entrepreneurship is like a growth journey in and of itself. And so lots of times I feel like we have to grieve 
kind of who we were in order to step into who we're like, who we're called to be. And lots of times that's hard. You want to like cling to that. That's who I'm supposed to be. That's who I'm, you know? And I do, I feel like that's a big process that a lot of people have to walk through that. It's like, Oh my gosh, what is this? I did not experience this before. And I don't know what this is. So that, that is really interesting because I've never thought about that before. Well, no matter where you go, there you are. And no matter where you go, you bring all the junk in your trunk that you've had from a hundred years ago. Right. So, um, I'm just thinking of myself as I probably need to grieve this now that I'm sitting here talking about it. (laughs) Um, I, for me, and I'm speaking of for myself, it is tough on a daily basis, trying to figure out your business, trying to grow your business. And then it's like, am I bringing in uh, pain and brokenness from my past into this and trying to level up. I, what you're saying is like leveling up and being the next version of yourself. A lot of times the things we cling to are comfortable. Yeah. It's comfortable for me to, to do this. It's comfortable to be here. And all of the new things you have to figure out in today's world, today's society as an entrepreneur, um, it's absolutely crazy. I, yeah, my, yeah. I sold real estate for 17 years. My daughter's a realtor now and everything real estate wise is all done social media wise. That's why I'm, I'm speaking to this. She's like, well, I don't understand. How did you guys get out when you wanted people to know? I said, well, we created a fly, a flyer and somebody would pick up the flyers and take them to the, all the offices. <laughs> that was the old right, form of right. social media. Right, now you've got right. TikTok and uh, LinkedIn and YouTube and Yeah, I know. It's a whole new world. That's for sure. Um, What would you say as far as like supporting someone through grief? I think this is, this is one of the things that I struggle with the most is like when I haven't been through something and I can't truly, is it empathize when you have been through it? Okay. I can't truly empathize because I haven't walked in their shoes and I'm like, well, nothing I say like, I can't even say the right words right now. Like there are no words to express like my heartbreak for you, but I don't know what you mean. Like, I don't know what you're going through. How do you just love someone through heartbreak? Really? I love this question. I love this question. And you already answered it. There are no words. So if you came to me and said, Sharon, like this tragedy just happened. I, a lot of times I'll put my hand over my heart to let you know, I'm feeling it in my heart. Like I really do that. And I say, Oh, there are no words. There's nothing that I can say. That's going to make you feel better. Remember I said, grievers need to talk. They're dying to tell their story, but our job you're in our job as a listener is to just listen. Don't try to fix it. They're not broken. Their heart is heavy and sad. They're not broken. Second thing, you know, you're sitting with your girlfriend and she totally starts to ball. And then all of a sudden you reach over and start grabbing tissue and handing her tissue. Like, oh, here's some tissue. You got snot running down your nose. Don't do that either. Because what you do when we pat them on their back, when we rub their leg, when we hand them tissue, we break the connection of what they were experiencing and the loss. Mm. So you can literally sit there and say, I have no idea what this feels like for you. There are no words. May I give you a hug? If you're in, in the presence with them, may I give yeah. you a hug? And because we ask them if they want a hug, if it's safe, and they'll tell you no if they don't want a hug. Sometimes on social media, when I see people I, uh, really in a broken moment, I'll say, I wish I was near you and I would give you a hug. Yeah, That's it. 
Let them get it out. Let them cry it out. And you don't have to um, have had that experience to be a good listener. So we call it a heart with ears. If you could just imagine a big giant heart with ears just hanging off the side of it. That's what we call it. I love that. That's helpful. Cause I'm always like, gosh, I feel like, I just feel like, I want to love you. I want to hug you. I want to help you like get through this. But I, I, and I think it's because I'm a natural, I'm a, I'm a coach at heart. I want to, I want to have a solution for you. I want to have a, a reason to help you like a fix it. And there's nothing I can do right now, but love you. And I'm like, that's so hard for me. Yeah. So that's helpful. Gosh. Okay. Let's, let's talk real quick. How does like, okay, I have two more questions that I want to dig into before we wrap up one, how does not truly healing and not truly grieving certain losses and certain pains, how does that end up holding you back in life? Because I feel like that is such an essential process. It's huge. It's huge. So I have met people that brought someone else to my program and they're sitting right next to them. And now all of a sudden their eyes are opened up to the fact that my dad died at three and I never agreed that mm-hmm. I lived a life without a father. I didn't, he wasn't there to walk me down the aisle. I ended up marrying a man that was the worst man ever. I had to get a divorce. Like all of these things happen. And now they start making the connection through to all of the things that have happened in their life. Grief is not going to go away. It can go dormant. You can push it down so far, but then you start to realize man, look at the decisions I made by not having a dad in my life, right? That's a grieving experience that you absolutely have to go after. So if I meet you 10 years from now and you don't do my program and you have a loss, 10 years from now, you're still going to be talking about it. And we've all met these people. How about the, the, the woman or the man that is still talking about their divorce 15 years later and they're talking about their spouse as if they were the biggest dog they ever met, right? I, yeah. She did this, she did that. You bring that into your career. You yeah. bring that pain into your career. So the other thing is we use tools to cover it up. And I think I touched on this for a second, but we will use overeating. We will use alcohol. We will use exercise. Now it's not that, oh, you and I are going to go to the gym. You and I've also met this person. They go to the gym at three in the morning before work. At lunch, you're sitting next to them and they're like, hey, you want to go walk during lunch instead of eating? And then they go walk. As soon as they get off work, they're back at the gym. What am I doing? I'm using all of these tools to fill in for the pain that I don't want to allow in. Yeah, that makes so much sense. You just kind of like fill that void because you're not willing to truly heal it. Yeah. Okay. Okay. One more question that I have for you. Um, When trials come, when losses come, when hard times come, life is still happening. Like, like you, lots of times you still have a business, you still have a family, you still have a career, you still have things. How do you, or what do you recommend as far as having the time to feel and heal and do all those things, but also reality is life is still there. So like, what does that process look like as far as still moving forward and being able to heal, like, what would you say to someone who is maybe in the thick of it right now and feeling like, I just want to hide. I don't want to deal with anything. I just, I don't, what would you say? How do you get through that? So number one is you have to tell the truth. 
You have to tell the truth about yourself and you have to tell the truth about the other person that's passed. So if my, for example, my husband were to pass and he was a, a raging alcoholic, I got to tell the truth about that. But in my truth, I also have to tell the truth about the things that I can do and the things that I can't do. So here I am. Um, this is all made up. My husband has just passed. I have to tell everyone in my circle the truth. I can't go to the fair with you guys as a family. And I know we've done that every year. I can't handle that. That's going to be too much for me. I can't handle it. Here's what I can handle. I can handle driving you guys to the fair and dropping you off. I can handle that. I can't do Christmas this year. The thought of doing Christmas is going to be too much. So why don't you guys have Christmas? I'm going to sit alone. So we have to be able to tell the truth about the things we can handle and the things we can't handle. I can do Thanksgiving. I won't be able to do Christmas. Those things. You got to be vocal about it. Number two, yes, life happens and it's fast, but you've got to allow time in your daily schedule to process this pain if you need it. Here's the other thing that we realize because we're resisting, we're resisting processing the emotions, processing, crying it out. You can arrange it in the time that it fits in. You know what? Every time I get in the office, it's going so fast and I just feel this heavy sadness. I'm going to allow 20 minutes in my morning to just process the grief today. So I'm going to sit in my chair quietly by myself while I drink my coffee and I'm going to cry it out and then I'm going to go to work. So we it's called grieving and living. We got to do both. You can't just grieve 24-7. And you can't just live 24 seven when you're in. Yeah. And I love that you say grieving and living. Cause I feel like sometimes, and this is something that I've watched people go through and I'm kind of like, I mentioned, I'm like, I don't know how to help you through this. Cause I haven't walked that path. So I can't speak like, this is what helped me as I was going through or whatever. But lots of times I help, I see people grieving and then almost feeling guilty about living. Because they're like, yeah. but I'm so sad. So I can't be happy in this part of my life if I'm grieving over here. And so then they feel like they're like, I don't even know they, it, it's hard to juggle. I, that's what I see happening is like, they feel like they're moving on too fast if they do continue to live as they're grieving. And so I love that you're like, no, you can do both. You can have space to grieve and then be intentional about that time and feel it and get through it and, and be there and you can live and you can, right. I, I love that. Like that makes sense in my brain. Exactly. Cause what you just described is the Academy award winning behavior, right? Ooh. You just described it. Could, could, could you imagine being an active grieving experience, but pretending to everyone like you're okay. Right. right. We have to do that. You know why we have to do it. It's really sad. Most grievers have to do it because society wants us to move on so fast. Mm. How much time am I going to give you to grieve? Uh, we get three days of bereavement from work. Three days. What can you do in three days after the loss of a child? There's nothing right. you can do, right? So we're forced to act recovered around most people because they can't handle it if we cry. Or we try to act like everything is okay, even though we're dying inside. We don't want people to know. And so we act recovered. Yeah. Or... There's another one where people, they just never get out of the grief. And every time you see them talking about it, they're still grieving. Well, you know, 10 years from now, I don't want to still be hearing about your divorce. Yeah. Yeah. 
I, I love that. This is so helpful. I'm like, okay, I, I feel much more equipped to, to not only walk through this because inevitably it will come, but also help people through that. And because it will happen in so many different ways. So I love this. This is so powerful. Um, where can our listeners, if they want to get in touch with you, get information about your program, where can they find you? So they can find me at SharonBrewBaker.com. It's B-R-U-B-A-K-E-R. They can find me there. They can find me on Facebook, on Instagram, on LinkedIn, anything, SharonBrewBaker.com. It's, it's very easy and okay. we love it. We absolutely love it. Yeah. Thank you so much. I'm, I'm like this, I was a little bit nervous. I was a little bit nervous about, about this interview because I'm like, I don't want it to be sad. I like got emotional multiple times talking about certain experiences and things because they're just like, I mean, this is big stuff that we walk through that people walk through, but this is so good to just be aware of and to feel more confident around navigating. So thank you for taking time to be with us. Thank you. I have to say this is one of the best interviews I've ever had. This is great. Thank you so much for making me feel so comfortable. It was great. Thank you. You are the best. Thank you so much. You guys, if you found value in this, make sure that you share this one. This is one that mom, wife, entrepreneur, brother, cousin, sister, everybody is going to walk this path in some capacity. So share this one, tag us on Instagram. Yours is at Sharon Brubaker, right? That's your handle. Okay. At Sharon Brubaker, tag her, tag me at life on Folsom farm, and we can share your shares with our community. So thank you guys so much for being on with us today. And we will see you in another week. Wrapping up another episode. And I just want to thank you for sticking around before you head out. I would love to hear from you. It would mean the world to me if you left this podcast a quick review wherever you're listening from. And if you got some nuggets from the message today, don't forget to share it with your friends, your team, and your Instagram story so that anyone else who needs it can find it too. And be sure to tag me so that I can shout you out and share your page with my friends. Thanks for hanging. Now let's go take action on those goals and dreams because if you can feel it in your heart and see it in your head, then you can hold it in your hand. So until next time, go do your craft.